There ain't nothing better than sitting with a good friend, me drinking a cold glass of water, while I see him drinking a nice warm glass of scotch, catching up. That's exactly what happens on this week's episode of Parent Quest. Good friend of mine, host of Raspy Voice Kids, Mr. Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joins me to talk about life. We talk about working in the medical field, our, our concerns with it, the feelings we get of working in that field and having kids. We touch on podcasting. You know, right now is a stressful time for podcasting. It's it's a great time for podcasting and also a stressful time for podcasting. And we touch that up, touch on that as well. Finally, if you haven't seen it yet, I highly suggest checking out The Social Dilemma on Netflix. We give our thoughts and our feelings on it and how accurate that docudrama is. All right, before we get started with this episode, I want to tell you fine folks about some of the things that I've been doing here recently. You can now head on over to YouTube. You can now head on over to Twitch, search for Parent Quest, and you'll see channels there with my face on it. I'll be uploading content and streaming weekly on Twitch and YouTube. I've already got a video up on YouTube, a basic introduction video. It's my first time doing a video for YouTube. It's my first time editing a video for YouTube, so please be kind. I plan on getting better at this, and and the goal is to upload videos of interviews, upload um, videos discussing podcasting, upload Let's Plays with my daughter, really just kind of have fun with this platform it's again it's something totally new so head on over to youtube and twitch search parent quest follow and subscribe so you can get notified when i'm live and when i upload a video well look at that i ran out of introduction music so without further ado here is mr brandon phoenix of the raspy voice kids I've been wanting to pick your brain a little bit about medical stuff because you you are like at the front lines of everything that's going on now with COVID. You're the guy yeah. that sticks the tubes down the throat and and you know you you deal mainly with respiratory system and their breathing and everything. And like for your job itself, how has it been for you dealing with the last what are we at seven months? Yeah, we're at seven months now, I think. Um, I've been fortunate. I walk, work in a small rural hospital, so there's not been a lot of COVID cases where I am. Um, the, the ones that we have that have been suspected of being real serious, where we've intubated, we've used uh, serious precautions, you know, all the, all the precautions you would use for droplets, contamination possibilities, and uh, we ship them out. We ship out the serious cases. So I've not... So I haven't worked with a lot of real serious, seriously sick people. How often are your precautions changing? All the time, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. The Ohio Department of Health, the CDC, the guidelines are changing. Even when we get communication from the hospital, they tell you immediately follow the most recent guidelines. Yeah. As opposed to just sticking to whatever it is they say there. So it's changing all the time, but it's crazy. I always feel like every meeting... 
uh, that we have our weekly meeting, something new has changed or something else has been like redacted, take it back. And, and we still don't have a grip on what we're dealing with right now. It's just, it, I don't know. It's, it's a monster in itself. That's what gets me is like people make really strong assertions, really strong statements one way or the other about COVID. And I'm just like, it's so new. People don't know what mm-hmm. is, what we're, we don't know what we're dealing with. Yeah. So to say, I mean, you can go by statistics. You can go by what, what's already happened, but there's a lot that we just don't know. Right. And we still don't know. I mean, it's like the, the, the flu itself. It's been around for a hundred years now, a little over a hundred years that we've been dealing with it. That we know of. there's been a hundred years of research on it. Whereas this has been seven months of research on it. Yeah. So something new, I feel like we're going to deal with something new, especially with the winter coming. Uh, One, not only the sickness itself, but I think that seasonal depression is going to be at an all-time high this year. Yeah, I think there's already, there's statistics already showing the depression. This is Depression Awareness Week. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that. I think so, yeah. Or Mental Health Health Health. Awareness Week. Okay. But uh, anyway... I think we're already seeing that. We've already seen suicide numbers go up. We've already seen uh, domestic violence and other things like that that are reflections of depression and other issues coming out because yeah. of people being isolated and people not being in their regimens, not being able to get to their normal routines. And you add seasonal depression on top of that, and it's not going to be good. I, I'm with you 100%. Yeah. I think it's bad now. And I've had talks with Jen about this. Uh, we kind of get in, in mental head spaces or mental funks, especially through this summer, which I don't experience a whole lot. I've dealt with seasonal depression. Uh, but knowing the feeling of dealing with it now and not when it's, I mean, not when it's getting dark at five o'clock in the afternoon, we're, we're getting yeah. close to that and being so cold that you can't go outside. Like it's a bad year to live in right now. The 2020 is not great, man. No. No, it's not great. It's uh, the thing that kills me, though. What gets me is that people are also super excited about 2021 as if somehow it's miraculous. <laughs> that January is miraculously going to bring brand new life and everything's going to be better. Like, yeah, I don't think this is going away anytime soon. No, even if they have a vaccine, how many people are going to take the vaccine and then how effective will the vaccine actually be? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. In the That's midst of so... winter, it's just. It's not, it's not good, man. It's not good. I, I work with uh, nurses that have been in the hospital for 20, 30 years, the same hospital. And, and um, they are eerie to the fact of taking a vaccine that only has so much research put into it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, me too. What long-term studies has there been on something like that? I will say this, though. I remember when the swine flu was out and they came up with the vaccine. A lot of people didn't take it. I took it. Mm-hmm. And I did grow four extra limbs. <laughs> but besides that, I've been healthy. You sure that's not from the Ohio so, River? Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy to think about taking something that's so new. Yeah. But it's also, it's also weird to think about not taking something that's potentially life-saving. Correct. Somebody like me, I've got pre-existing conditions. I've got asthma. Mm-hmm. So, oh. I don't know. Okay, so... Not only are you working with people that that are testing positive for it, but you also have a condition that is potentially super dangerous if you were to get the virus. Yeah. Yeah. As a parent, 
and working in the medical field, how, how are you dealing with that? Like mentally, how are you dealing with it? So I only have so much control. I only have so much control. I have control because I share time with my kids. My kids spend some time with their mom. And right now what we're doing, because we decided to homeschool, do virtual school, she has them for two weeks. I have them for two weeks. So I don't know what she does. I don't know who she has them with. You know what I mean? It's a little bit stressful. Yeah. But I've adopted the attitude that I can't let it stress me out. I just do the best I can. Right. And so like we made decisions about keeping the kids home, virtual school, you know, doing virtual school. So that right there to me is a mitigating factor as far as their health is concerned. Um, and then I make sure they're masked up. I make sure that we do proper hand hygiene, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But besides that, what are you going to do, man? I think when this first came out, when, when it blew up back in March, Jen was six months pregnant at that point. Absolutely terrified. I, every every time walking to the hospital, I just got almost to the point of of having like hives break out, just feeling. I, you start to physically get sick from the stress due to it. And 2020 has been such a terrible year in general. But in the <laughs> in in the famous words of a close friend of mine, it has given us good things. We have gotten uh, free money. Not much, but it's some. still it's still it's free money. Uh, there has been a friend of ours that runs the Civic Center here, and he has had beer that has started to expire, which still tastes good. So we've gotten tons of free beer. That's awesome. And a influx of like free media, free video games mostly, but movies too. And so uh, it's. You know that uh, also your daughter. Well, no. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. I sure. Congratulations. To this. Thank you. Um, but going back to that, the the best part of the year is the whole furlough. I mean, yeah, I was unemployed for four or five weeks, but that was like I was making more money staying at home than I was going to work itself. I never got furloughed, unfortunately. Did you request it? No, they didn't. It wasn't offered. It wasn't. They, gave, they offered it uh, for us to voluntarily take it. Yeah, I would have taken it for sure. Yeah, I kept waiting, man. I kept waiting. I would have taken it for sure. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm not one of those people who's like, "What will I do if I retire? I'll have to find something to do." And <laughs> I mean, man, I got hobbies. Uh, I got friends. Yeah. I got kids to raise. All right, your podcast. I've been dabbling in in the elements of YouTube, and I don't know how you guys do it. Yeah. How how are things going on that aspect of your life? How are things going as far as podcasting and 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 shooting for YouTube? I know, um, with this, we ought to start social distancing and stuff, and be I guess be careful with who we hang out with or whatever. Um, as far as recording the podcast itself, Raspy Voice Kids, how have you guys been um, doing with it? How have you been doing with shooting videos and whatnot? The podcast has been going well. Jeremy and I have been getting it in. Uh, we enjoy the show. We enjoy working together. It's better when he comes up here to my mm-hmm. house because that's where we record typically. Um, otherwise, we do it via Skype, and that's not as fun. And so I don't think the shows are as good when we do it that way. It's been interesting because we lost sponsors because of the pandemic. Right. We lost sponsors because they couldn't afford it because they were losing money. Right. So we lost sponsors that way. We still have uh, some of our sponsors. Um, we still have relationships with all of them. Then 
uh, when my dad passed away about a year ago, my mom moved in with me, which is great, but she moved into the studio where we, where we would record our videos for YouTube. So the videos for YouTube have been sparse. We've only made one or two, I think, in the last year mm-hmm. because of that. And so we're kind of working on a new plan for how we're going to make videos. Uh, and as far as listenership, a lot of people listen on their way to work. So when people were not working, a lot of people weren't listening to the podcast. And so we lo- our numbers dropped, but um, not enough to where, like, it was a, we're still having enough listeners to where it's worth doing. Right. Uh, it's actually picked up since football season started. I don't know what we we're going to do if football season didn't start. Right. I mean, I, we could still do a show, but I mean, it wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I when when this all started and you saw you know, sports getting canceled and stuff, it made me think of you guys in particular. I mean, because you follow WVU sports, football, and basketball, and you know, very loyal fans to the the college itself. I just I couldn't imagine if sports went went away altogether. It is interesting to see how they're doing it now. Um, yeah, as far as you know, teams are still playing and whatnot. Yeah, it's crazy, especially like basketball being in a bubble down mm. in Disney World. <laughs> it's insane, man. It's insane <laughs> that they actually pulled it off. And people are talking about their ratings, and I'm like, it's during a pandemic. They're playing at a time they don't normally play without fans, so you don't have the atmosphere, you don't have the venues because they're not going back and forth. They're not in Miami and Los Angeles like you normally would be. You're in Orlando all the time for mm-hmm. everything. Um, you got the virtual fans, which is great, but it's not the same. Mm-hmm. I'm just amazed you got to pull it off at all. And then you have the NFL, which has protocols in place um, to make sure that you have as limited possibility of contracting COVID as, you know, as possible. But um, we've already had one outbreak. Tennessee Titans and Pittsburgh Steelers had to move their game. That game got postponed for a couple of months. Uh, then you had the, the New England Patriots with Cam Newton. He got sick. He got COVID anyway. He didn't say symptomatic. They had to move the game to Monday night instead of playing on Sunday. Um, and there's all kinds of juggling happening. You got these colleges that are playing down seven, eight, 15 players because of COVID, because of contact tracing, because they're trying to limit liability, really. Um, and also trying to stop the spread of the infection. Um, but it's all happening. And it's interesting to see. It's really cool to see. Uh, so far, so good. Yeah. It's it's odd to be in a time where you could possibly think that the <laughs> the Super Bowl could be postponed. I don't know, just yeah. major sporting events being postponed or maybe not even happening at all. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, Cam, so Cam Newton's a starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. He's out for the game against the Kansas City Chiefs. And they play the game anyway with a backup. But what happens if that's the playoffs? What happens if that's the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Do they postpone yeah. it or do you play it with the backup? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I almost feel like that. that, that is, is there any kind of fantasy leagues going on at this point? Yeah, their fantasy league's going on. How does that even work out? I think you just you just deal with it like any other injury. <laughs> okay. Somebody's out, they're out, and you deal with it. That's awful. Some people some people make it, some people, some people are gonna get the shaft. I don't do fantasy personally. Right. Why is that? Uh it's it's I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> I, That's an I honest answer. 
yeah, I just don't. Like, it's just, um, I don't know. It's just not my thing. Uh, I've never, I, I feel like regarding sports, that might be one of the closest things that I would like to do because in my head, it it's similar t- to me. I can put it to like playing a video game and creating these it teams. Is. Yeah. It is. It's like Dungeons and Dragons for sports. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Jock's versions of D&D. I've watched people form their teams. I think, you know, getting together and, and sharing some scotch and, you know, some finger foods is, is a great thing. But then I feel like the entire rest of the season, I would be completely bored. Yeah. It's, I mean, competition makes everything more interesting. And there's some leagues where people have money on it. Right. Which I could never do. Uh-uh. I can't part my money over somebody else's decisions. Um, especially now if I lost because of COVID, I would be furious. <laughs> but um, all that stuff makes it more interesting. So I get why people stay engaged. Because you have people who don't even care about football, really, who are engaged in fantasy football. Well, that, that would be me. And that's because the competition is what it is. And looking at points and playing the numbers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Matchups, all that kind of stuff. I, I just feel like this year in particular would be just the worst year to be a part of that. There's so much uncertainty behind it. There are people who do fantasy baseball. I don't even know how you do that. That's every day. <laughs> that's every day, man. Yeah. It's nuts. So there's another topic that I wanted to hit. Jen and I uh, recently watched this documentary on Netflix. I don't know if you ever watched it. It's called The Social Dilemma. I, are you serious? Are you making yeah. a joke? No, I'm being serious. I, I thought this would be great. I, I tweeted about it and I put it on Facebook. Okay. I asked if anybody had seen it. I just watched it yesterday. Okay, so let's let's unfold on this because, number one, I think this is a good thing to talk about just in general. But number yeah. two, I think as a parent in the, talking about social media and, and the idea of our kids getting on social media, uh, that is also something that has really pondered on my head since watching that. So yeah, uh, Social Dilemma is a docudrama, I guess you could say. It, yep. It's got statistics. It's got uh, real people that have worked in the industry of social media. Uh, and then it also plays on this uh, drama with this family and their use of social media itself and the inner workings of social media. It's on Netflix. Uh, there are parts of it that I absolutely love. There are parts of it that I didn't really care about. Um, but I, I think if you're interested with social networking itself, it's worth a watch. Uh, what was it's, it's weird because when I watched it, I had thought of you, and I I don't know why my head you know just went to that. But I your your not reviews, but your your opinions on things, I I value. I guess you you've got you, you analyze stuff in a, a uh, good way. I appreciate you saying that. I'll take that as a compliment. Yes, yeah, that was a compliment. Uh, so, to, to me, the first thing I thought when I watched it was I immediately compared it in my brain to big tobacco and the fast food. <laughs> yes. How they manipulated people for years, for decades, without people having any idea they were being manipulated on a deeper level than just your average advertising. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever wondered why pretty much every fast food restaurant. Can you name a fast food restaurant that doesn't have the color yellow or red in it? Like together or separately? They either have red, yellow, or both. Can you name one that doesn't? Maybe Taco Bell? 
No, Taco Bell definitely has yellow. Sub-way's the only yellow. one I could think of was White Castle, but even now I think White Castle now has yellow in it. I think they have yellow in the castle somewhere, don't they? Like a flag. Yeah, I, think, I think they do. I think they do now. There was a time when they were just blue and white. But the thing, the idea is that okay. it's manipulating you on a level deeper than you re- recognize, a subconscious level. And I've always been interested in that concept because it's unfair. It's not fair when you're fighting a battle that you don't even know you're involved yeah. in. And social media is that way. There's so many little things happening with social media where you're being manipulated, but you don't even know the manipulation is happening. Yeah. And the social dilemma is so powerful because the people making it know what they're doing is not unintentional. It'd be different if it was just an unintended consequence. But this is the intended consequence. <laughs> manipulation yeah. of you and your actions. And so when it comes to my kids, there's no way, there's no way my preteen children would ever get this. I mean, my kids are 10 and eight at the mm. moment, but preteens, there's no way, especially when they show that suicide rate. Oh yeah. Preteen girls and teen girls. No way. Yeah. No way. And <clears throat> I understand the desire, especially when your friends and family are there. But it just, man, it's eye-opening. For people who are in the industry, the guy, the guy from Pinterest is really great. Mm-hmm. He said, he, said he, he was working at Pinterest. He'd come home. I don't want to give too much away. It's all right, yeah. But he'd come home, and he's hiding in his pantry on Pinterest. Yeah. He's the dude who makes <laughs> Pinterest. <laughs> and he knows what they made it to do, and he can't escape it. It's yeah. just, it's crazy, man. It was crazy to me. And I got to give a shout out to my friend Reza and to my friend Grant. They both told me to watch it a long time ago. They've been telling me for a long time to watch it, and I just never did. And I finally got around to watching it. And, uh, man, it was powerful. And I, I thought it was interesting that they never made the correlation between fast food, big tobacco, and um, social media. I, I guess I never really thought of it until you mentioned that. And that's genius because it's exactly what it is. It's it's the same principle as that, which, you know, leads me to the thought. And since I've watched it, I've been pondering, do I delete my personal accounts? Should I should I just delete and get rid of it? Because people don't need to see my personal life. And it's scary to think about, like, the idea of, of I don't know, I guess your stuff is on the Internet forever. Yeah. It's on there forever. Yeah. If you don't if you don't believe it, just check out your Instagram memories. Oh, I've done that. Yeah, it's terrifying. It it's it's out there, but it's also. I, I guess they all intended, you know, so for social media to be a good thing, but then it's flipped on to this. It's it's turning into a monster itself. No, it is a monster. Yeah, it's not turning into anything. It is a monster. It's but it's a catch twenty two because what if you, you know, like like your podcast, like this podcast, like any kind of form of content creation, any kind of business or anything. Uh, why wouldn't you be on social media for that? It doesn't exist. It, it doesn't exist without social media anymore. Right. You have to have it. Right. And, and I, so I wasn't on. So I wasn't really on social media until I started the podcast with my brother. Mm-hmm. Until we started that podcast, that's when I that's when I got on social media, and then it began to consume my life mm-hmm. because you're getting notifications constantly, and you have to respond because you want to you want to be engaged with your listeners. Right. If you have a podcast. And it's one of the big things is being engaged with your listeners, right? Yeah. And so then you're always engaged because you're getting bling, bling, bling mm-hmm. all the time. It's that... It's um, oh, dopamine. Yes, yes. It's the release of dopamine. It's uh, it's that feel-good. 
so watching that, since watching that, I've been super self-conscious about <laughs> uh, how much social media I'm looking at. Like if I start catching myself scrolling, if I'm spending more than five to 10 minutes on the toilet and it's just scrolling through social media, like <laughs> I, I'm so much more self-conscious of what I'm doing on, on my phone now since I've watched it. And I think people should watch it, especially those that aren't really aware of Man, the whole part on algorithms, just like, oh, it's it's just insane. I um, like the part where they said never watch the suggested video. Yeah. On YouTube. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, unless it's my suggested video. <laughs> then watch away. Yeah. I don't care what it does to your psyche. Just, just watch. your yeah, just your video. Going on going on to the point of of kids having social media, I completely agree with you. I didn't have my first cell phone until I was 16 until I got my license. I think I was 18. It It's scary thinking that people are buying their kids um, phones, cell phones. I mean, really, you don't even need a cell phone now to get on social media. I mean, you can obviously get on your computer and do it, or you can, you know, they have like uh, uh, Kindle Fires and whatnot that can get onto social media. Any any kind of smart device is able to get. I can get on on social media on my TV. Yeah, the idea of my daughter being on social media at the age of ten, which seems like what most kids are are getting these devices at now, is terrifying for her to have an account on there. There's so much that goes on there. the The people that are on there, the people that she can come in contact with, the stuff that she can be exposed to, and not to mention at a young age being so absorbed into it. It's just, it's a terrifying thought. Yeah. We have a friend, a mutual friend, Foggin. his daughter has a phone. He got his daughter a phone because he wanted her to be able to call him anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Yeah. And I, I get that. I get that concept in the world we live in feeling, feeling worried about the safety of your children and wanting them to be able to contact you. I, on the other hand, I'm not ready for that. Mm-mm. I'm not ready for it. And but social media is so far off. I'm thinking 16 for social media, right? At least, yeah. I'm at thinking least 16. It can because that can crush their self esteem too. Yeah, no, that's the thing is that everybody Instagram is just about your best life, right? It's not real life. It's your best life, and people, you know, people don't even look the same in person as they do on social media. And oh. people like or on Facebook, I've seen I've seen things where it's like, calm down. I know you in real life. Yeah. You know, people based on people based on what people post, saying, "I know that's not that's not your real life. That's not your real relationship. That's not your real marriage. That's not your real job. That's not your real whatever." It's fake. It's fake for a lot of people. Now, for me, I post real stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's part of what <laughs> that's part of what <laughs> I do. Is that I post real stuff, but uh, for good or for bad, uh, I post real stuff. But there's so much out there that makes you feel bad. They're talking, they call it now, um, Instagram dysmorphia. So like body dysmorphia is where you look at yourself in the mirror and you don't see a real representation of what is actually there. Mm-hmm. And, you, and so you're always looking to try to improve and change. People do that with all kinds of different things. Some people do it surgically. Some people just do right. it with diet and exercise. Um, but now it's Instagram induced because they're looking at Instagram and they're seeing guys with all these muscles and girls with all these curves and they want to be what that they person. see. Yeah. And it's not real because of no. filter, because of Photoshop, because of, you know, it's just not real. 
And like, you know, you can take a picture and we all know the difference. Like we all know <laughs> the angle makes a huge exactly. difference. The angle makes exactly. a huge difference. You could be, not, you could be a, <laughs> uh, you <but>. morbidly <laughs> obese person. Yeah. Someone very unhealthy. And yet you could look like a movie star with the right angle, the right lighting and the right filter. Yeah. Yeah. And only from the neck up. Right. So it, yeah, it's, it's all, it's all interesting. Um, but it's I, more than interesting. Like you said, when you have kids, because being a parent means you've got to make these kinds of decisions. And at some point my kids are going to want, they already want cell phones. I told them they could get one when they're 31. They're like, all right, <laughs> you promised. You promised when I'm 31, I get to have a phone. And then I think like, you know, it took them a couple of years before they realized that that was ridiculous. That's a long time, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they realized that, but there's going to come a point where we're going to have a struggle about social media. And for right. me, being divorced, it's going to be a combination between their mom and me on what is allowed. It's something we haven't discussed, but I think we have the same opinions about that kind of stuff. Well, that's, that's reassuring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate that way. Yeah. So you mentioned about being real on social media and social and let's Instagram is the, uh, I forget, what was the word you used? Uh, Instagram dysmorphia? No. Well, it was about how everybody's their best self or it's all fake. Um, yeah. I know my parents, they went off on social media. They were on Instagram. They mom's still on there, but uh, they're living in a difficult situation in their life right now. They're dealing with physical illness um, on my dad, with my dad. And, uh, you know, for someone that is dealing with such a difficult thing in life right now, and then logging on to social media to see everybody <laughs> uh, just living their best life or, you know, always happy and happy. And yeah. And yeah. It just, it crushes them. And and that's another spectrum of social media for people that, you know, are, are having a hard time to see. I mean, if, if. I don't, yeah. You know, it's, it is. People don't realize that it's, it can be hard. Like if you're, it can be hard. Like yeah. if you, if you're missing something yeah. and you get on and like, you know, if you're hungry and you get on Instagram and everybody's eating now you're starving, right? Yeah. It's one thing to know that there are people eating. It's another thing to see people eating when yeah. you're hungry. Um, but I know for, I, I want to say that social media is not all bad either. Because I know for my mom, she's been able to connect with people that she grew up with, people that she's yeah. lived hundreds, if not thousands of miles away from for decades, being, been able to reconnect with them, especially since my dad passed. And that's been good for her. It's been good for her. It's been good for her to stay in contact with um, me and my brother, which is not such a big deal now because we're, you know she lives with me and my brother right. doesn't live far away. Um, but there are lots of people who where there are benefits to it. It's just the management of it and the and the expectations of it. I think, and then realizing yourself and knowing your situation. Yeah, you know. Yeah, a lot of people don't. I. I, you you pulled out a, a good point for social media as far as reconnecting with people. There was uh, my my brother, one of his best friends growing up. Um, I hadn't seen him in twenty years. I just searched his name on Instagram, found him. I guess that's kind of all I really wanted to touch on. And 
I'm super excited that you were able to watch that last night. I don't, I didn't see your tweet. I didn't see anything, any indication that you watched the social dilemma. And, and I don't know why I wanted to talk about that, but other than the fact that I thought it might be something that you would be interested in seeing. And I wanted to know your opinion on it, which I got. So I guess the, that kind of worked out perfectly. Um, Brandon, thank you so much for coming back on here on the parent quest. Um, if you want shout out your your plugs you got any anything coming up for raspy voice kids where can people find you where can people listen to you and and see your lovely face so we do raspy voice kids everywhere so if you look anywhere you look it's raspy voice kids at raspy voice kids on twitter on instagram raspy voice kids podcast on facebook um since we hate social media so much i thought i'd give you all the socials first <laughs> and any place you listen to podcasts we're on so Stitcher, um, Anchor, iTunes, all that stuff. We're everywhere. Spotify, check us out, Raspy Voice Kids, the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You can check us out, listen to us. Nothing special coming up except for every week we do a pop culture seg- segment. And I think I want to talk about the social dilemma as our pop culture segment for this week. Um, and last week, or a couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, relationship turnoffs. <laughs> That was good. Got a lot of reaction out of that one. <laughs> and uh, deal breakers is what we called it. Deal breakers. Um, but we're always talking about pop culture things. So you don't have to like sports to like our podcast. You certainly don't have to like WVU to like our podcast. If you love WVU, you'll love our podcast. So check us out. Raspy Voice Kids. Uh, that was well worded. Your pop culture segments are gold. They are hilarious. Uh, usually, usually spot on. Uh, usually. Uh, Toy Story is better than Lion King 100% That's what I said Jeremy disagrees Yeah Um, So yeah Thank you so much for coming on And I can't wait to have you back on In the future Sometime Alright man We'll do it Brandon thank you so much for Stopping by on Parent Quest Again Second time A returning guest our conversations are uh, some of my favorites, man. They are heartfelt, down to earth, and just real. Like you said, like the, like your Instagram posts, they are real, and I appreciate that about you, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Parent Quest. Again, as I stated at the beginning of this episode, head on over to YouTube, Parent Quest, search it. Head on over to Twitch. Parent Quest, search it, follow, subscribe. Uh, I've got this interview on video and I plan on doing some stuff with it, so you won't want to miss out on that. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being there for me. Whether this is your first episode or you've listened to them all, I appreciate you. I want you all to stay safe. Have a good day. Stay positive. Check out Social Dilemma if you get a uh, chance. And I, I guess that's it. I can officially say that this quest today has been completed. <laughs> <laughs>